Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of roses. Welcome to, to the, the game, game of, of roses. roses. That would be fucking bananas. That would be so bananas if I was pregnant. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And what a week we've had. This, of course, is our Friday installment 
of This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to be giving you all the Bachelor Nation news. We're going to be giving you all the parasocial plays. We're going to be giving you a weird segment that we're debuting here. And of course, we're going to be giving you our screams from the pit. We will once again be joined by Shoya from Relationship Hero. Relationship Hero is a service online that you can go to to get help with any type of relationship, whether you barely started dating somebody and don't know anything about them, whether you've been in a relationship for 10 years, no matter what kind of problem you might be facing, even if you just want to make whatever relationship you're in that much better, you can go to relationshiphero.com right now. And if you type in relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R, you're going to get $50 off your first hour session with one of their certified relationship coaches. Again, that is relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. Maybe you're in a relationship where you're on different pages and they want to enjoy being married and all you can think about is babies. (laughs) Relationship Hero can help you with that. Claire and Dale, if you're listening, you get $50 off if you go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. Claire will give you the same discount we give all the members of the pit. $50. But before we get into any of that, as always, we start our Friday episodes by talking about what's going on in the world and telling you how it's directly related to Bachelor Nation. Because as we now know, all things are. This is Game of Roses, State of the World. This week, we saw the biggest election turnout in U.S. history with about 160 million Americans voting for president, which is about 66% of the 239.2 million eligible voters. This is the highest percentage the country has ever seen in over 100 years. Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in the popular vote and in the Electoral College. With all of that enthusiasm, you'd think we'd be happy to get the results and move forward with the next figurehead of corporate American rulership. But there seems to be a problem. Trump and his entire administration currently refuse to accept the results. He's filing lawsuits in battleground states in an attempt to invalidate the results And his loyalists, like Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, are backing his play to upend the standard peaceful transition of power that is one of the founding structural principles of our country. Now, the truth is, Joe Biden won the fucking election. He won the popular vote. He won the Electoral College. Every media outlet in the world, even Fox News, accepts this fact as true, and they are openly reporting that to be the case. The New York Times has called officials in every state and found not a single case of voter fraud. In Texas, the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is offering a million dollar cash prize to anyone who can come up with evidence of voter fraud. That's where we're at. The Lieutenant Governor of Texas is offering a fucking bounty to people. Many world leaders have congratulated Biden on this victory. It seems like they are fully accepting it. But we now live in a time when none of this fucking matters. As long as Trump can float the idea that the results are invalid, then that reality exists for anyone who wants to live in it. And based on the popular vote, there are 72 million Americans who are definitely taking up permanent residence in that reality. 
facts haven't mattered in the past four years of the Trump presidency. He's been able to present this alternative reality in which he is always right and his detractors are always wrong and they should always go to prison no matter what evidence exists to the contrary and his base always accepts it. But this is the biggest test of his ability to con them that we've seen. The fact that he lost the election by both measures It's backed up by irrefutable, easy-to-understand numbers, not only in the popular vote, but in the Electoral College. It is the final test on how far half of our country is willing to go into a reality that does not exist. And so you may be saying to yourself, of course, we're all watching the news. We see these things happening. But (laughs) how does this relate to The Bachelor? Well, let me tell you. As I'm watching what Trump is doing in the election, I cannot help but see the parallels to what DLH is doing in our beloved game. Openly lying about everything. In Trump's case, it's the numbers of the election. How many invalid votes there are. They're all illegal, blah, blah, blah. We know none of this is true. In the case of The Bachelor, it's DLH openly lying about remaining in the bubble. The entire time, we've been safe. Everybody's in the bubble. There is clear evidence right in front of our faces of that not being true. He himself posted a picture outside the bubble when he took himself to college. And he's lying straight to our faces, just like Trump is doing. He even claims in interviews, even to his own partner, Lauren Zima, that Claire was the only bachelorette up until Tasha actually showed up in episode four. That was his party line. We know this is not true. These are clear fucking lies in the face of evidence we all have to the contrary. And ultimately, even the claim of the show itself that its purpose to help anyone find love. And then when Claire seemingly does just that in a manner that's not conducive to shooting an entire season, they vilify her for it. This is just like the Trump administration. They craft whatever reality they want. This person's the enemy, never me. It's a very similar kind of lay blame everywhere else, but in your camp, never accept defeat type of attitude. And The Bachelor and The White House at this point are both propaganda machines telling us that what we see is not what we see. But you should definitely keep watching. There's only four cookies. Four cookies. If you saw my four cookies video, it's on Instagram. You can go look at it in which Hannah Sloss is holding up what is clearly (laughs) five cookies on a pan and telling us it's four. And the same thing is happening with Trump. The same thing is happening with DLH and the entire Bachelor franchise. And to me, what is going on right now with Trump trying to invalidate the entire vote, it's exactly what the show is trying to do to us in saying, here's what's happening. Claire and Dale, it's true love, but we also hate her. Tasha's in now. <laughs> we didn't have any of this planned. None of this is part of our master plan. It's just these constant fucking lies that we now have to choose which reality do we live in. Is it the one where these facts are clear and apparent and we accept them as true? Or do we give in to the fucking lie? And that is playing out on a bigger scale politically in America, but it's all tied into the same notion of reality TV presenting whatever they say reality is and then you either accept it or you don't and half of our country accepts it and half of our country does not but we're all watching it just like the fucking bachelor it's a case where the evidence is so clear in both cases and because of covid they had to have Tasha quarantining so the math just doesn't add up so yeah it's propaganda yeah dlh is not changing his shirt when maybe he should have changed his shirt in previous episodes. There's a lot of timelines not adding up, but we're going to continue to watch. Because we have no choice. Ultimately, that's what it all boils down to. We know we're being lied to. 
and we just let the person keep talking. We don't put any checks in place because we, to some degree, enjoy it. We enjoy the outrage of being lied to and saying, I know the truth. To some degree. (laughs) Exactly. There is a piece of vaccination news that's coming up this episode, which I feel pure joy whenever I see the words written on the page. I know the very thing you're talking about, and I feel that same joy. So shall we just (laughs) dive right in? Let's do it. This is... Bachelor Nation News. As you know, during this season of Bachelorette, we are starting Bachelor Nation News with a little mini-segment that we are calling This Week in Games. God. In this segment, we chart the Instagram games of all the players for this season And we delve into the ratings for the show itself. We like highlighting some of the key players that are having the largest gains and how that relates to their play strategy. Keep in mind that we're recording this on Thursday, November 12th. And at the time of this recording, these are the players and these are the ratings that have been reported. As for the show's ratings, the first week of Tasha's reign as the crown wearer, one Tuesday night in the key demo with a 1.6 rating and 5.1 million viewers. This was up from Claire's premiere, Astounding, which pulled in a 1.3 rating, 4.8 million viewers. So it seems that Bachelor Nation is more excited about Tasha than they were about Claire, which is a good sign, in my opinion, that the rest of the season might retain a larger audience. And I got to say, I think this is due to something that you and I talked about in last episode, that we are now back in a game. We don't know who's going to win. We get to watch this play out in the traditional fashion. And all clear was, we were all just waiting for the season two, in quotes, blow up. We knew that was coming. We knew Dil Moss was involved. There was no real drama in it because we were just watching something that we already knew was going to happen. I think this bump is really about enthusiasm for the game again. And whether people know they're watching a game or not, this is why people are tuning in. Do you think the ratings were lower for the premiere because of spoilers? Yes. Interesting. I just feel like most of the people watching don't know any of this shit. And they were spoiler free. Yeah, right. Most don't. But enough do that I think it hindered the ratings. That news wasn't real like Reddit deep kind of you have to be looking for this shit type of news. That shit was everywhere. If you just Googled The Bachelor to see when it was coming back on TV, the first 10 things you saw were Dale Moss blows up The Bachelor with Claire Crawley. Everyone knew. And so it was just a matter of, I think, that stealing a little bit of the thunder of the show, taking the wind out of the sails. And now with Tasha, we got it back. We didn't do gains last week because of the election. So our biggest gains we're going to report this week are over the past two weeks to when we recorded on October 29th to today. Claire gained 238,000 Instagram followers, bringing her to 950K. We correct our earlier prediction that she would not hit a million Instagram followers. I believe she will hit this soon. And of course, Tasha Adams hit 1 million Instagram followers this week. She's now at 1.1 million. This is the first black player to hit a million Instagram followers. The only other player from Bachelor Nation who is even biracial is Catherine Lowe, who got over a million. So this is 
truly impressive of Tasha. It's historic. She is opening the door for, I believe, more players of color to get in the Million Club. I think Dale Moss may be on the cusp. I think Matt James is definitely going to do it. I think he's going to be the first black male player. He's not ever been a player. He's just a lead. God damn. I'm so excited for that season. I think it's going to be pure game. I cannot wait. Yeah, we got the premiere date. It's going to start January 4th. As is traditional. So we're going to be back on schedule. First Monday in January is going to give us the new crown. But we get ahead of ourselves. We still have a whole field of players for this season to talk about with their Instagram gains. So the top five follower gains as of two weeks ago were, of course, you might expect Dale Moss gaining 343,000 Instagram followers, almost doubling Bringing him up to 671,000. <laughs> Lots again. <laughs> I mean, Damas blew up the show. He was a star of a portion of this episode as well. But these gains, he, the gains have picked up speed this week. I mean, in the hundreds of thousands for him and Claire. Pretty impressive. The beauty of Moss's entire play style is that it's almost exclusively parasocial. The show to him was just like a little lighter fluid on the fire he already built. And now the rewards he's seeing are also exclusively parasocial. He's not fucking going to come on Paradise. He's not going to fucking go into another season and play. The dude said, I want Instagram numbers and I want to be a TV host. Let me go on this show for four fucking episodes and give me everything I want. I don't need the show. It's fucking brilliant. What is happening to him, to me, is transformative. I don't think we're going to see something like this again because it was such an extreme circumstance. But fuck, he played it well. You know, you talk about Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk making billions of dollars during the pandemic. Dale Moss should be in that club because he worked the <laughs> pandemic like a motherfucker. I mean, it's true. There is there is just such a huge gap even between number one and number two in our top follower games, but we will continue. Number two was Bennett Andrew Jordan. He gained 45.7K in the past couple weeks for his continued colorful narrator slash clown slash Dale Moss group date roaster roles, uh, bringing him to 85.1K. And Brendan Marias gained 30,000 followers this week for his excellent one-on-one parallel divorce PTC play and his indulgence of the Dark Lord Harrison's interruptions on his date. That brought him to 40.2 thousand followers, one to watch in the coming weeks. Coming in at number four, Blake Moynes continues to get those gains. He got 24.1 thousand followers in the past couple weeks, bringing him to 72.3 thousand followers. Slow and steady. He's really reminding me of Matt Renato on Listen to Your Heart. Just putting in the work every week, going up, going up, and then in the end, a huge fucking swing up. I think Blake Moynes is going to see a huge week toward the end of this fucking season where he blows up, and I think he's going to be a multiple hundreds of thousands tier player by the end of this. 
We also saw Easy gaining 19.9k for his colorful narrator slash re-upping the Dale Moss strategy of love at first sight with Tasha. He's now sitting at a comfortable 54.3k and all hints of sexual assault allegations have disappeared, seemingly. That is going to be very interesting if they resurface. We will see what happens with Easy. He's definitely getting a good edit and... Getting some major Instagram games. I wonder how that will affect this. And notable mentions, Jason Foster gained a solid 16.1K for his self-elimination slash our error of the week. Solid bumps went to Ben Smith, who got 11.3K, and Jason Nick gained 13.7K. Also, newcomer Spencer Robertson got the Fimp Rose and a 10.9K bump to go with it, bringing his total to 15.3K. He's also one to watch. And the smallest gain once again went to Night One Guy, AJ Yalawan, who gained 48 followers. I did have someone message me that they followed him because we kept giving him this, so... That is a reason why he's still gaining. (laughs) There you go, AJ. You owe us. But that wraps up This Week in Games. And now it's time to move on to the Bachelor Nation news you have come to know and expect from us. The hardcore reporting that gets into the bottom of what's going on in the nation. First up in Bachelor Nation news, it's engagement season. (laughs) Sparkler time, baby. Venmo John Graham from season 14 of The Bachelorette. That was Becca Kufrin's season. And BIP season five, who has 91,000 Instagram followers, is engaged to Brittany Noel, who has 2.3 thousand followers. Congratulations, Venmo John, for finding the love of your life, hopefully. And of course, Derek Peth who was a player in the 12th season of The Bachelorette. That was, of course, JoJo Fletcher, and went on to season four and six of Bachelor in Paradise. He is resting at a very impressive 466,000 Instagram followers. He most notably got rejected by JPJ in Paradise when he asked him to come on his podcast. Derek is now engaged to model Saffron Vadahir, who has 29.9k followers. The couple posted a video of the ring on Instagram, and Peth also shared the good news on Twitter with a simple post exclaiming, she said yes. Bachelor royalty Jason Tardick and grizzled Bachelor journeyman Chris Bukowski were quick to reply with messages of congratulations for the longtime friend and fellow veteran of the game. Congratulations to everybody from the nation who's out there finding love. In the time of COVID. Our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves Coach Crystal Nielsen. She has 565,000 followers. She came to prominence in our beloved game in season 22 of The Bachelor, where she was eliminated in week six and then went on to play through the entirety of the fifth season of Bachelor in Paradise to walk off the beach engaged to Chris Goose Randone. The couple was married for eight months before separating in February of this year. And this week, Coach Crystal announced she's pregnant with her first child, 
and she is wasting no time jumping right into the rapidly growing fetus game. Her unborn child's Instagram account, GlitterBaby2021, has 7,175 followers, a number that has almost doubled overnight. This explosive growth gives Glitter Baby their first feather in the cap as they've already surpassed their father, Miles Bulls, who's at 7,173 followers. His Instagram bio reads surfer, freediver, trail runner, musician, photographer. I wonder if he's going to add father. Father to Glitter Baby. Glitter Baby is now taking their place among fetus standouts like Alessi Leyendyke and Brooks and Emmy Tolbert. Glitter Baby arrives into our world April 2021, a day that will be celebrated by the entirety of Bachelor Nation. I can't wait. This was the piece of Bachelor Nation news that clues that I can't stop grinning about. Glitter Baby. (laughs) I have a million memes cascading through my head about Glitter Baby. And this is something that I struggle with. I've never made a meme about Alessi. I've never never made a meme about anything except I did a sonogram once. I forget who it was. I think it was Carly Waddell showed up on an After the Final Rose or something with their sonogram. And I used the picture that was in the show because I thought if you're submitting the image of this child into the document, into the television program, it's <laughs> fair use. That's the line. For me, it was because I was like, that's fair use. But now as more of these fetuses come into the game... I'm like, but they are posting their pictures on Instagram. Isn't that fair game? Can I use these fetus pictures? Can I use these children's images to make memes? Where is that line drawn? No. The parents are using the children's (laughs) images to make money. I know, but they're spawn conning. You're better than the parents, though. What are you talking about? I'm no better than the parents. You are better than the parents. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'll (laughs) see where I fall on this. You know, I'm going to make some glitter baby memes for sure. Pace case, they may just be between you and me. I'm not positive I'll post them, but (laughs) Glitter Baby memes will exist. (laughs) That much I can tell you. I will not be able to stop myself. Our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves a peek behind the curtain. This week, the blind item Instagram account, Dumois, posted some images of a questionnaire that all women who apply to the show must answer. We thought it was an interesting glimpse into some of the things that the producers are interested in. So we're just going to go through this and read some of these questions that are on the questionnaire for you. You know, you've got some basic questions. What is your address? Do you have a nickname? Where does it come from? That is interesting to me. The nickname one. This is the first moment that you get to kind of manufacture your identity as a player. There is absolutely no way they can verify this. And they're asking you directly, do you have a nickname? This is where you can come up with something funny, interesting, weird, whatever. Answering these questionnaires is really the first part of you crafting your persona because this is how the producers start to see you as a player and how they can use you in the game and who they can pit you against all this shit. So every one of these answers to any of these questions, no matter how innocuous they may seem, are actually extremely important. The nickname one is, it's at the top of the questionnaire. By the way, the title of this is Girl Questionnaire. It has today's date, name, and then do you have a nickname and where does it come from? That is your opportunity. You begin the journey there. Yeah, you definitely want to include a nickname. It's part of starting this journey to develop your brand. Then it asks, what is the next big city near you and how far is it? 
cell phone number, work number, birth date, hair color, eye color, weight, height. Do you have a valid U.S. passport or do you not because you're Chris Souls? How did you hear about our search? Have you ever applied for the show before? If so, when? And there are several other just kind of bookkeeping questions that they ask about jobs. Are you working full time? What's your salary? What's your occupation? Highest level of education, degree, schools attended, blah, blah, blah. Where are you growing up? Where, where were you born? But then when we get to the second page, some interesting questions start flowing. Have you ever had a temporary restraining order issued against someone or had one issued against you? And that ain't the end of the question. If so, please give details, which implies that even if you've had a restraining order against you, that ain't a deal breaker necessarily. And I'm now wondering how many people have said, yeah, I have a restraining order against me, but it wasn't my fault. And they're like, put him on. I would imagine it's disqualifying unless they really want you to be on the show. But it also is asking, have you ever filed a restraining order? Which is also them trying to get dirt on what kind of threatening ex-boyfriend can we bring back into the show? Or a PTC. Devil's advocate, maybe they just want a PTC here. That's true. Some kind of trauma. The next question is, have you ever filed for bankruptcy or Chapter 11? If yes, please explain. This is fascinating to me. I think this can only potentially be about a PTC, that you have some kind of financial trouble in your past, because that shouldn't affect your gameplay at all. It has really no bearing on it. It's an interesting thing to ask. Have you ever auditioned for or been a performer, participant, or contestant on a reality or other TV or radio show or in a film? If yes, please explain and give dates. So they want to know if you're trying to be an actor. And I don't think that's a deal breaker necessarily either. I think they might want some actors in here. I think they might want some people who are like, yes, I have. And here's what I did. Interesting, though, that they're looking out for that. Do you drink alcoholic beverages? That's a yes. What is your favorite drink? This is an opportunity to make up something funny or fun or a drink you think you've invented. Give it a name. Be funny here. Glitter teeny. <laughs> That's Glitter Baby's signature drink. She comes out of the womb drinking one. They ask about your marriage status, if you've been married or engaged, why are you no longer together, list the dates of the marriage, do you have any children, are you a package deal, are you genuinely looking to get married and why, and why would you want to find your spouse on our TV show? Now, this question, this is a test. There's one answer here and you gotta fucking nail it. Because the process works. I've seen it work before. I know it does. And the manner in which I am looking for a spouse clearly isn't working. I think this is the best way to do it. And I'm, I want to throw my hat in and be completely open. You have to do a 4TRR right here and praise the process. That's a fucking test. you got to answer that question right. Please describe your ideal mate in terms of physical attraction, in terms of personality attraction, blah, blah, blah. That's, I don't have a type. I just want a person who's smart and funny and gets me. How many serious relationships have you been in? How long were they? You can answer a variety of things here. We've obviously seen it from players that have had no dating to I've been married. And then it kind of goes through what are your hobbies and interests? Do you have any pets? Special talents? Tell us. That's a place to lay in some comedic shit. Do you speak any languages besides English? They're trying to see if they can get you to do an aloha here. List three adjectives that would surprise people about you. Do you have any tattoos? This probably was a disqualifier at some point in our beloved game. Now everybody has tattoos. And what accomplishments are you most proud of? I hit seven 
thousand followers before I was even born. That's all we got from this post was these questions, but I thought it was interesting to go through just so that you can see what it is like when you're first entering the process of casting. That there are some of these things that seem innocuous where they're just asking you basic stuff, but none of it is. Honestly, this is where you are really starting to craft your play style and it should be paid attention to very closely. Every answer should be scrutinized before you send it in. But there you have it. Thanks to the good people at the Instagram account Dumas for posting this. It was a fascinating read. Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news, at Big Mood Bailey posted a TikTok video saying that in the Bachelorette's Twitter, they posted a promo video with a man's voiceover saying, it's only a matter of time before she realizes the truth. The video's poster claims that with the captions turned on, it is revealed the man speaking is Josh Burrell, Tasha's ex-husband. This video has 1.6 million views and 167,000 likes. There is some speculation that this is not true, that the video was doctored, or that possibly the producers are even trying to confuse the audience by including this information. Will Josh Burrell, Tasha's ex-husband, show up as a skeleton on this season? They've done it before with Becca Kufrin. We just watched JoJo's ex do a phone call skeleton on Ben Higgins' season after he sent her some flowers. This is definitely in line with what the producers try to do. This is how they undermine relationships. This is how they break them down. Will it surprise me if he shows up on the show? Absolutely not. The key thing here that's very interesting, though, is this is a season unlike any other. They have to quarantine him. So that means they knew that they would have to bring him on the show weeks in advance of actually doing it. So that the orchestration of it, at least in my opinion, if he does show up, is so fucking blatant that it cannot be ignored. And yet it will be by half the audience. Josh Burrell has been quarantining since the first night one. They know they have that ability to bring him on. I think it's possible. We'll obviously find out. But again, if they bring him on, it means that he was there for, at least by their admission, two weeks prior to whenever he appears in the episode. Just sitting in a hotel room, waiting for them to be like, and you're on. And then he comes out and does whatever the fuck they tell him to do. If that's the case. We don't know, but this video has surfaced and it's causing a lot of conversation. So the video, at the very least, is newsworthy. The outcome of it remains to be seen. And rounding out our Bachelor Nation news this week, we end on a happy note. We are wishing Ashley Spivey a very happy 36th birthday on Sunday, November 7th. Ashley Spivey is, of course, a player made famous for getting the Fimpros on Brad Womack's second season, who has gone on to get married and is currently pregnant with her first child. Happy birthday, Ashley. We hope you have many more to come. And that wraps up Bachelor Nation news for this week. And now it is time for Pace Case and I to focus on some other play. We are, of course, talking about the play that happens in the world of social media when we are staring through our screens at people talking to us who have no idea that we exist, but we feel like they are our best friends. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. There was a lot of strong parasocial play this week. In fact, some of the parasocial plays were done by the same player. But to start us off, 
an excellent play done by parasocial king Mike Johnson. He made an Instagram reel after the election with a slideshow of four images. It was Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama, Rachel Lindsay, and Tasha Adams. He captioned it, It's the representation of beautiful queens for me, and that we decided character matters in this country, American flag emoji. This furthers Mike Johnson's Queens narrative that he had going during Hannah Brown's season, that he was looking for another queen beyond his mother and sister. And I thought this was an excellent parasocial play. He did tweet that he lost 5,000 followers after he made this post supporting these black women, which I thought was super interesting. You know, you're going to get a certain level of engagement for political posts but certainly you're going to lose some followers. Chris Randone, a.k.a. Goose, also had a notable parasocial play. In response to Crystal Nielsen's pregnancy announcement, he posted a series of Instagram stories of himself talking about everyone DMing him and saying he thought there had been a death, but that this news also felt like a death. This is a rare glimpse of the real emotion behind the Instagram versions of themselves that most players carefully curate. We send nothing but well wishes to Goose, hoping that he can make it through the troubling time of watching the fetus glitter baby grow into a beautiful adult. Speaking of beautiful adults, (laughs) Dale and Claire did a hometown date to South Dakota via a parasocial play due to the fact that their season cut short. But this was complete with a meeting of the family where they visited one of Dale's sisters And Dale filmed them all wrapping together through a glass window, a PTC punctuation hometown date. Due to COVID, they can't be in the same room. And as if this wasn't enough parasocial play for Dale Moss this week, he also posted an Instagram picture of himself in jeans and a hoodie, pondering with the caption, me trying to keep it together while waiting for these election results. Hashtag election day. Hashtag Biden Harris. This is a huge endorsement. For Joe Biden, a huge admission of where Dale Moss stands in the whole political arena. He's just getting attention from every angle now through all of his posts. He's just bathing in success. I love it. I love his Instagram. It's continuing to amaze me. Another election-related parasocial play that I enjoyed was Becca Martinez's election tweet. Quote, someone check on the Garrett's. This had 5,000 likes, but I liked it 10,000 times in my mind. Simple, elegant, concise. It doesn't get better. Hannah Brown, this week our parasocial queen, put out a YouTube video chronicling her adventures as a single girl in LA, dipping her toe back into the dating pool. The video starts with her putting on makeup and direct addressing the camera, a true parasocial view. She's talking about how she's nervous, holding back tears, but ready to get out there. She cuts in some candid footage taken on her phone while she's on the dates and tells us that the guys were nice, but there wasn't really a spark, and that's what she's looking for. One guy knew who she was, one pretended not to know. There's text on the screen in a few moments for some Queen-style catchphrases she's trying to get going. I want a man, not a boy. This is something Tasha seems to be using now as well. And we are a natural beauty. The video is 12 minutes, 25 seconds long and has 265,000 views. And it's exactly the level of genius content you expect 
from Hannah Brown, 2.8 million Instagram followers. I will remind you. It's essentially Hannah making a reality show about herself dating, but she's the only person in the video. It's all her perspective on being single and famous and trying to find that spark. But as strong a play as this was, we wanted to focus on another sub-arena of parasocial play within Bachelor Nation. The Fetus Game. Ari and Lauren Leyendyke made a miniature baby bachelorette for little Alessi that was also skincare spawn con for a company called Ever Eden. The video features the toddler smearing skincare products all over herself as the Leyendyke parents laugh and cheer just off screen as they watch their child take her first steps into the world of being an influencer. I'm now watching several babies right now. You got little Alessi. She's at 298K. I mean, she's on top. We got Jenna Cooper Fitz, baby. Presley Bell Hudson at 16.4K. We got parasocial powerhouse siblings, Emmy Tolbert and Brooks Tolbert. Emmy is at 138,000 followers. Brooks coming in at 86.2 thousand followers. And now joining them, we have Glitter Baby 2021, 7,175 followers. This almost doubled last night since I last checked. I feel like Glitter Baby will definitely pass Presley because Crystal is very good at marketing. Just a prediction. The real question is, will Glitter Baby take down little Alessi one day? And that brings us to this week's parasocial play of the week. It goes to Glitter Baby 2021's mom, Crystal Nielsen, for her pregnancy announcement and subsequent fetus Instagram account at Glitter Baby 2021. Crystal posted a four-minute YouTube video titled A New Chapter, which has 179,000 views, where she's checking this pregnancy test. She starts crying. She shows the result to the camera. It says pregnant. Then she does a selfie video in bed with the baby's father. She says, Miles is pregnant, who is Glitter Baby's father. Uh, Miles does not speak. Then Crystal films herself in a mirror at 17 weeks pregnant and shows her belly. She says that they're preparing for this pregnancy photo shoot in order to announce that they are pregnant. She says, it will drop next week. Uh, I like that she's already incorporating the YouTube channel lingo into this. And then we see slow-mo footage of this pregnancy photo shoot. She has a couple different outfit changes. She brings in a prop of the fetus on the sonogram. And then the closing shot is her two little dogs. They're wearing big brother kerchiefs, and they're posing with a sign that says, baby coming April 2021. I mean... Glitter Baby had to be the winner of this week. I mean, Crystal has named the Instagram account for her fetus after her Bachelor game catchphrase, Glitter. She is infamous in Ari's season for using that catchphrase, Glitter. She says, I'm done. That was Glitter. And she gestures with her hands like she's throwing up Glitter, like everything that she does is Glitter. And I'm left thinking, I'm like, it's like if... The night one girl who was the sloth got pregnant and made an Instagram account for the fetus and called it Sloth Baby 2021. 
or Corinne naming her fetus Instagram account Platinum Vagine Baby. You know, it's just branded from the start. It's so perfect. Excuse me, the girl who was the sloth? She has a name. I'm sorry. Alex Dillon. The creator of Munica. You might know her as. But I agree with you. Obviously, this was the parasocial play of the week. Above and beyond, Crystal is somebody who, at first glance, I gotta say, I never thought she was going to have lasting power in the Bachelor world. And here she is, however many years later, after her first appearance in the show, after her appearance on Bachelor in Paradise, after a failed marriage to Chris Randone, she is fucking killing it. She is on top. She is now... Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. 
Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Passing the baton to her progeny that does not yet draw breath but will very soon. All eyes are on Glitter Baby and the name, just like you're saying, it's recounting her strategy. It's recounting her catchphrase, her identity in the fucking game. She's passing that on to her child to some degree. And she's also telling us glitter for her was this innate power she had. It was her glow, her shine, her sparkle. And now that's (laughs) in her child. It's growing within her. I just cannot wait to see Glitter Baby out in the real world doing Fetus Spawn Con. I cannot wait to see where this goes. It's one of the things I've been most excited about in Bachelor Nation in a very long time. Hats off to you, Coach Crystal. Hats off to you, Glitter Baby. You can't wear a hat yet, but you will be able to. (laughs) Hats off to Miles, who we haven't heard speak yet, but he had a part in this. But yeah, Crystal was the first Bachelor Nation divorce, correct? I believe so. And out of that, rising like a phoenix from the ashes, Glitter Baby 2021. Literally, my mouth, I can't stop smiling. It's like (laughs) every time I see Glitter Baby, the words on this paper, I just smile. I can't stop saying the words. Glitter Baby. Glitter Baby. Glitter Baby. It's so fucking perfect. I really didn't think she was capable of doing something at this level. I have to be honest. She's a fine parasocial player she milked that relationship with goose for everything she could and then she got out that was a strong move this shit is next level she's doing things now that are in my mind top 10 parasocial players she's at a level now that is like a lion dyke level that video she made crying at the pregnancy test that's a real or it's not real moment but it seems like a real moment of genuine emotion (laughs) she conveyed it decently i really was astounded by this play very surprised it came from her and just fucking impressed i cannot wait to see what she does at with more videos on her pregnancy journey the birthing video i know all the things that are going to come because the tolberts the lion dykes they have kind of cornered this market they've shown the blueprint and now we get to see what coach crystal does with it and so far glitter baby 2021 sorry baby lion dyke uh-uh that shit is fucking so mundane compared to glitter baby 2021 i just hope glitter baby has some room to breathe before we get the iaconetti baby we'll see we'll see you know ashley iaconetti right now is like fuck glitter baby 2021 i gotta do something But those were our parasocial plays of this week. A lot of strong contenders and, of course, Glitter Baby taking home the award. Now we're going to 
preview, a little segment for you. It's just a tiny segment, but it's a segment nonetheless. It's something that we came across this week as we were hyper-binging, and we are calling this... Bachelor Alternate Universe! As we are speeding through the hyper-binge, something has begun to happen to us. We're moving at two times speed through the document, and we start to see on either side of us dimensional portals are ripping through the fabric of reality and giving us glimpses into other universes where some historical event in Bachelor Nation happened slightly differently, but it changed everything that came after it. This week, we finished hyper-binging Juan Pablo's season. That was season 18 of The Bachelor. And we came to view Charlene Joint in a new light. She was his first overall choice and self-eliminated in the round of six because there wasn't what she described to be a necessary cerebral connection with Juan Pablo. Then in her Women Tell All, DLH lets her know that she was easily the most intriguing player they've ever had in the game, and she was actually Juan Pablo's favorite. We don't know the circumstances around this, but it's hard to imagine that she wasn't actually their first pick to be the next Bachelorette. Instead, we get Andy Dorfman from that season. But we begin to see through these rips in the fabric of reality another possibility, another dimension, another reality in which Charlene became the next Bachelorette. And so instead of Nick Vial losing out to Josh Murray, he actually wins the ring on Charlene's season of Bachelorette because they do have the necessary cerebral connection and they wind up getting married, having kids. In that universe, Vial is now a happy father and he and Charlene Joint are held aloft as an example of Bachelor success next to Sean and Catherine Lowe, maybe even taking that top spot from them. It's so fun to think about. And I, I know this has come up several times because at first we were like, oh, what if Amanda was picked as the next Bachelorette? That if Trista had actually been the ring winner from season one and the ring winner, Amanda, was chosen as the first Bachelorette instead, who was much more sex positive than Trista, et cetera. Like, how would that have sent the show in a different direction? And it is just very fun to think about these different, you know, butterfly effects of certain decisions that are made in the game. I mean, it's kind of tragic to picture this, you know, family man style image of Nick Vial and Charlene Joint as as a couple like Sean and Catherine. I think she would have been the perfect woman for him. She's worldly. She's singing opera in Germany. She's very fucking smart. That is such a compliment to Nick Vial. Oh my God. Well, he's very smart. I'm not saying that he's necessarily wants a woman like that, but I do think if it had happened when he was young, if he had gone on the show and won it, and she was the one who gave him the ring, I think they would still be together. I think he would be a happy person right now. Truly tragic. Indeed, but that is... The nature of the Bachelor alternate universe, you get to see these outcomes that are better than the one we're living in, and you lament the fact that they don't actually exist in our reality, but you see them nonetheless. They're right there, so tangible. Nick Vial in a sweater, playing with two little kids around a pool somewhere in West Hollywood. Charlene Joint, posting pictures of herself with her engagement ring. The new house they're buying together instead of the house Nick Vial is buying alone. 
All of these things exist, just not in our universe. <laughs> he might not have ever even made that cameo that you got. I take it back. This is a much worse reality. He still would have made that. That would still exist. That exists in all realities. But that okay, great. <laughs> that was just a little taste of our new segment, Bachelor Alternate Universe. It's going to be popping in from time to time, just as these alternate universes pop in from time to time during our hyper binge. And we will be bringing you all the news from these other universes <laughs> as it comes to us. <laughs> but now it is that time in this show. Back to our normal, not weird segments. Exactly. Now we will descend into the pit where we will scream into one another's faces and Shoya will be joining us. This is Screams from the Pit! All this season long, as you have come to expect, Screams from the Pit is brought to you by Relationship Hero. Relationship Hero is an online service where you can go to get help with any kind of relationship that you might find yourself in. Have you begun dating someone for two dates and you know almost nothing about them? Relationship Hero can help you. Have you been in a marriage for 10 years and you're beginning to experience some problems or maybe dormant problems that you've failed to address for the entire decade of your relationship? Relationship Hero can help you. Even if you're not in a relationship and you want to be in one. Relationship Hero can help you. If you go right now to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R, you're going to get $50 off your first session with one of their certified relationship coaches. Again, that's relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. And we are once again honored and humbled to have with us here in the pit a coach from relationshiphero.com. It is the talented Shoya. Welcome. Hello, hello. What a week. What a week. It's still happening. We're still here. (laughs) Yeah, the last time we talked to you was election day. I had to literally check my calendar and be like, was that Tuesday, like two days ago Tuesday or like a week ago? (laughs) Like time has escaped me altogether. I was just like, I'll get an email. Yeah, (laughs) it was a week and two days ago. And we still don't know who won the election. We do know who won the election. We just don't know who's going to be in the White House. It's, right, it's kind of like, if, but don't get too comfortable sleeping with both eyes open. You might want to keep that one eye open until about the 20th of January. <laughs> A professional recommendation, sleep with both eyes open. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> My scream this week, it has to do with the notes that I was taking for this week's episode of Claire's Bachelorette Season which is now Tasha's bachelorette season. I don't know if you heard this, Shoya, but Claire ended the season to leave with Dale Moss, her ring winner, and we got a new bachelorette. In mid-season. The importance of this cannot be understated. This has never happened before in the history of the show on Bachelor or Bachelorette. They stopped the show in the middle of the season and brought in a new bachelorette who is now dating the 16 remaining guys from the first bachelorette plus four new ones that they slotted in who were literally alternates. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes, Wendy Williams caught me up on that little update. So I do. I am familiar with that. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, for these episodes, we're taking thousands of notes, our pit papers. For every episode of our podcast, we also use these for our statistics that we're gathering 
for our tomes. This week, I found myself writing down the number of tings in my recap. Yes. Now, tings. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to explain. <laughs> I will explain it. Tings are a completely nonsensical numerical value that Bachelor Clues has been keeping an eye on in our beloved game. And Dark Lord Harrison, the host of our show, he always interrupts every cocktail party to go to Rose Ceremony by bringing knife to glass. And usually he does a solid three tings to convey a beginning, middle, and end of the tings. It's a very ceremonious thing. Clues is always tracking the number of tings that he does every episode. I realize this is something that's insane to even explain to someone who even watches the show, let alone doesn't watch the show. But Clues (laughs) tracks this number, and I realized that I had started tracking it in my notes, and my scream this week is that the nonsense of tings permeated my unconscious instincts, and I started tracking this number for no reason. This is my favorite scream you've ever done. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was going to say if there was a reason behind it, maybe, but you just said there was there was there was no reason. There's no reason. I mean, Clues will argue that there's an importance. And that's part of the problem is that Clues his argument for this and consistent tracking of it has now affected my life. <laughs> Well, I mean... Clues, do you want to explain why you think it's important? Sorry. Absolutely. The Dark Lord is very usually a blank slate, a cipher, a void. He is nothing. He is a mirror to reflect back on the players whatever their insecurities are, whatever their fears are, whatever (laughs) their emotional state is. He reflects it back to them twofold in the hopes that they will break down into a nervous ball of tears. That's what they're hoping for. The Dark Lord very rarely has an opportunity to express himself in any way. And the tings are that expression. You can have a standard three ting, a triple ting. Ting, ting, ting. That's just (laughs) notifying you it's the end of standard play. It's like a buzzer at the end of a basketball quarter. You can have a five ting, quintuple ting, rare, but sometimes he'll do it musically. Ting, 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 ting. And you're like, oh, he's feeling a little saucy. Sometimes you get a four ting and you think he's just being lazy. Ting, 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 ting. It's a little more cathedral-esque. It's more like a church. I wish you guys could But it's see always at least face. three. <laughs> <laughs> it's always at least three. The most I've ever heard is six. And it's where he plays. It's where we get to see a bit of the Dark Lord stepping outside of the structured ceremony of all of these different events in game. And for me, it's entertaining. I don't think it has any bearing on the game. I don't think it really affects anything, but it's just one of these little moments when you see the Dark Lord has this thing that he knows he has to do. There's another thing called the Dark Touch that he does, and he'll do those in varied ways as well, I've started to notice. The Dark Touch is at the end of every rose ceremony, there's one rose left. And the Dark Lord will come out, interrupt the rose ceremony, and tell the lead and all the players remaining, everyone, this is the final rose. And then he will reach up and touch the small of the back of whoever is the lead and say, Johnny, Susie, whoever it may be, when you're ready. He'll say that phrase as he gives them a dark touch. Sometimes the dark touch is like a pat. 
Sometimes the dark touch is a gentle caress. This is very similar to the tings. I'm sorry that I had to say all that, but you did ask me. My mother tried to warn me about white people like this. I ain't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't listen. I ain't listen. So, um... Shoya has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Finally did it. Your scream got echoed back through me into a louder scream. I mean, I guess I don't suppose or suspect anything less dramatic from somebody titled the Dark Lord. Um, I'm feeling the this need to return back to my Southern roots and go to church as a result of all this explanation. <laughs> and it's eyes wide shut degree of education. Uh-huh. Um, I see why you're concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for a silver lining and um, I'm... Uh, well, uh, f- for first of all, I was... <laughs> oh no, I thought this was a gentle scream and it turned out to be my worst one. <laughs> um, so first of all, you're still human because of the whole you're being affected by your friend here and the, the team, mm-hmm. which is a human thing to be affected. Right. You know, which is a theme yeah. also with 2020 is this passing along of infection. So I can see how this could happen in a metaphorical <laughs> sense as well i try to keep those boundaries though you know like certain things i don't let permeate my bubble that bachelor clues will go on about for instance the upcoming civil war he talks about that a lot and i'm like this is my bubble i don't let the civil war come in i don't let the ting nonsense come in (laughs) but now it's like it's been pierced coming in So um, I'm really sorry to hear about your bubble. I think that that's an important thing that we should all have, especially as Americans, to maintain our bubble. However, there's just some things that are just out of your control. And if you stay in a situation long enough, your bubble will get permeated by its surroundings. So Mm. I think I don't think the issue here is your bubble. I think the issue here was the expectate the life expectancy of your your bubble. We're a little thin there. This is a sign. Uh, now, we're, now, what you yeah. do with this, it's up to you. I'm just letting you know, if you haven't heard my advice for him this whole season, the only way out is through. So if you don't want to go uh-huh. all the way through this, then, yeah, you know, this is judgment day. You get a choice. <laughs> <laughs> what is my choice? I, I don't know what's, you know, if you can, like, turn around and run. I don't know if you're how far in the mm. tunnel you are. But if you're close Not to him, the only way out is is through which i mean at least you won't be alone there is there's a silver lining <laughs> uh-huh i take a lot of solace in that <laughs> alone with clues in the pit <laughs> hey we both got pickaxes the faster we dig the faster we're out oh my god <laughs> i don't know what you expect i mean i don't know what else was to be expected from from tings and the, the miracle value and the dark lord like the whole story was fascinating like yeah <laughs> yeah what is that i didn't mean? make it up it's on tv every tuesday what is this what happened to clues in his childhood that's creating this do you think mm, <laughs> ignorance is bliss <laughs> well speaking mm. of childhood i'm gonna get to my scream from the pit this week <laughs> i have coined a phrase at least i believe that i have coined this phrase i don't think it exists Currently, I'm coining it right now. It is going to be called parasocial, parasocial inheritance. inheritance. <laughs> okay. 
I can tell by the look on your face you're very interested. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so have we discussed parasocial relationships? Are you aware of them and all that? Let's go with the no. Okay. I'm going to give you a, a quick rundown of what parasocial relationships are because it's primarily what we all have now. It's the number one relationship that we all experience. Parasocial relationships are one-sided relationships that occur primarily between people like us who are watching someone else through a screen. And that person is talking to us, not like we're talking on Zoom, but they're just issuing videos on Instagram or in some cases, reality television, your newscasters, all of your politicians. They're speaking directly into a camera and you're looking at them speaking to you. And your brain on a sub-psychological level is tricked into thinking they're your friend because you're getting eye contact. They're giving you facial expression. You're picking up the subtle cues in body language and your brain really feels on some level like they are your friend and we have now witnessed in this most recent season of bachelorette dale moss comes in after supposedly the bachelorette just looked at his instagram for five months and she was already in love with him the day he walked on the set so we're seeing the power of parasocial engagement even expressed in just the gameplay of our show this season all of that aside something that's also happening this season is very strong parasocial play on a fetus level. Many of the <laughs> bachelor couples have had babies and they will chronicle their pregnancy on Instagram, giving the fetus its own Instagram account. In the case of Alessi Lyondike, the child of Lauren and Ari Lyondike, that kid had 150,000 Instagram followers the day it took its first breath. She now has almost 300,000 and she is the strongest parasocial fetus we have ever seen. But there are now new parasocial fetuses from Bachelor Nation emerging. There is most notably Glitter Baby 2021. Coach Crystal Nielsen just posted a series of Instagram pictures as well as a YouTube video <laughs> saying she's pregnant. Here's the baby. And she made an Instagram account for it called Glitter Baby 2021. The Jade and Tanner Tolbert <laughs> family, they've got a couple of kids who have Instagram accounts that were fetus Instagram accounts as well. And so I began thinking about this idea of inheritance, and we usually think about it in financial terms. If your parents are rich, they're going to leave you behind some money. We are now entering this era where, like the Lion Dykes, who each have around a million followers, are now passing on that followership to their fetus. There is a parasocial inheritance now happening. If your parents are famous enough on social media, you can be too, even without asking for it, as a fucking literal fetus. And her whole life, Alessi is going to have at least 300-ish thousand Instagram followers. What she chooses to do with that as she reaches adolescence, adulthood, whatever, who knows what she can parlay it into, but she is born at that level just as rich kids are born at a certain level. And this became very interesting to me to think about whatever kind of parasocial influence Pace Case and I are now building through this podcast, through our Instagram accounts. I have no children. I have no desire to ever have them. Who will I leave this parasocial number to? You should do it for Glitter Baby. Glitter Baby doesn't need my help. You kidding me? But just that idea of being able to bequeath some kind of parasocial benefit to any progeny or even just a friend, whoever, it became very interesting to me. And especially through the lens of Bachelor Nation, these parents are doing it to their fucking fetuses. That is now a model. It's expected. Anytime somebody in Bachelor Nation gets pregnant, I am expecting there to be a baby account, a fetus account. And it just became an interesting thing to me that as we move into this next world, I mean, you're seeing things like this, I assume, with other famous fetuses as well, other famous babies. I don't think it's, it's necessarily isolated in Bachelor Nation. 
like um, Kim and Kanye's kids. They're going to be famous forever. And now there is this number that you can associate. There's an actual measurable metric that you can associate with fame in social media following so that it becomes literally an inherited number, just like money is. Um, yeah, all of that. This is like, <laughs> this is, yeah, I'm literally here like my mother going, I, I try to tell you. Oh, uh, now like I told you so. <laughs> when she warned me about the white people, right? And so, uh, so I, um, I, I'm not the one doing this. These bachelor people are literally making Instagram accounts for their fetuses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. It just, the interesting thing is, is I'm, I'm trying to attach to the normal and maybe, I don't know if that's the survival instinct in me or, um, or what, but there is some normal here as in it's very normal to think, oh, not most people go through this. Normal people at least go through this with, legacies money they kind of get into that stage in life where they're like okay what am i going like i have acquired something right of worth Mm. or value and who am i going to give this to my kids my hypothetical grandkids my do i have any kids am i going to adopt am i going to give it to that person over there charities right some people who refuse to have children give their wealth and legacy or whatever to charity so a what i'm sensing is this is your value legacy this the bachelor the bachelorette this this numerical oh god um, <laughs> this news age money these teens and the counts and the followers <laughs> like, I'm, it's like I'm, it's, it's kind of like money or something or something of value like bitcoin i had to figure that out too or whatnot so apparently this is another to be exchanged for something so I mean, the tings are Bitcoin. I, hey, that's what I was hearing. Oh, not, or this is at least what normal people who don't watch The Bachelorette oh, not, are probably processing. Oh, not. So, um, like, let's say that I had a baby. Clues Baby 2021. I think I could get Clues Baby some followers. Okay. That's all I'm saying, but I don't have a Clues Baby. And so <laughs> I'm like, I think you could I, make whatever. It. I, Make clues, baby. That's yeah. maybe I'll I'll start doing that as memes. But I don't know. It just became a weird thing to think about for me ultimately, in terms of like where we're headed as a society. Because I do think at this point, also those numbers, the Instagram numbers, all that shit, they directly equate to money. So it is also financial inheritance. These numbers aren't just like, oh, look, I have this many Instagram followers. It's I have this many followers. I can now charge this amount of money. The Lion Dyke child, as we just discussed in a prior segment, literally just did Spawn Con, where she's rubbing lotion and shit on her face. I think she's a little over one years old. It's like the um the with the Olsen twins when they were babies, right? And they started maybe they were like yeah. millionaires at like two or whatnot. So um yeah, you got a point. Actually, part of the reason, and maybe this is a little um selfish for me, oh not, but but now part of the reason why I'm very encouraging of all of this, because I think you're right about the world shifting into this matrix, I am legend, social media, social dilemma type thing, whatever or whatnot, that I don't even know how to describe it or whatnot, but I see the shift happening. And uh, you are going to be the, the, the people that navigate because the rest of us are in our little bubbles, right? So you're kind of 
you're the 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 Morpheus of of, of so when this happens, <laughs> oh what now we're gonna be looking at you like, hey, what's up? I've been in denial for like a long time, but now right. I can't deny this anymore. So you've invested a good chunk of your life into you know predicting this. So tell us what do we do to survive this new this new age and reality. So I'm actually here for it and that you're embracing this before it's happened, although the rest of us the rest of us may be in denial. Maybe you're not, maybe you don't have the problem. Maybe it's the rest of us. Maybe we're the ones with the problem. Oh. Yeah, maybe we like doesn't this. have drama. Oh my God. I like where we're going oh. now. Maybe we're, in, maybe we're in denial about what is happening because we don't want to admit it or whatnot. But I see, like, you're right as far as the, because uh, it's changed, like, the marketing system is changing or whatnot. That's social media or whatnot. Like, marketing isn't the same anymore. You go, find your influencer who has your audience base and it's like I'm gonna pay you this and if you are born into something and you already have followers that does translate to money the only prop the only thing I feel for those kids and the same thing with all child stars is they don't have an identity like their identity isn't their own it's your parents or whatnot until you do something and then people and then it's kind of like I feel sorry for them to a degree because it's kind of like you don't, totally. unlike the rest of the world, you don't have like a blank space to create your own identity. The world's already projecting an identity onto you before you can even, before you even can spell the word identity, right? So you've already got this like projected onto you. Um, Would you say yeah. that that adults shouldn't make memes of them? I, I mean, I don't know about that because I've thought about that, about like these celebrity children. And I've, and I've seen people like celebrities go, I want my child to have a normal life, but normal for you is very different for normal for the rest of us, right? So um, yeah. like for Paris Jackson, you know, paparazzi flashing in your face, that is normal, right? Now for her parents, it's, even though the Jacksons are like super famous, they can reflect back to a time when they were like living in a house on Jackson Street and it was like normal, right? So they can separate fame life from normal life, but your kids, that it, fame life is their normal. So like, are we doing them any favors by trying to force them to exist into a normal that they haven't nor will never experience? Or should we just accept that this is their normal? And this is the same thing like this new generation, right? So I come from a generation that can remember a time before cell phones, but this new generation can't remember a time before like cell phones. So they process things completely differently than the rest of us. <laughs> So. I come from a generation before the internet. Right. There was a time. There was a time. <laughs> yeah. No, I think about that constantly. And I think maybe that's why to some degree I'm so attuned to kind of the trends and stuff that are happening in terms of how we all are interacting with one another and why I think social media is the primary world now. It's all that matters. It's where every decision is made, including who the president is. Even Joe Biden. That was all done on social media or parasocial media, I should say. It's TV commercials as well. But we're just looking at these screens telling us what to think all day long. And that is all that matters. It's where you buy everything. It's where all of your financial transactions are made. It's where your vote is ultimately cast, or at least that decision is made. And so I think to it's have where prominence- Hannah Brown is finding her dating suitors now. <laughs> exactly. Well, even that, even the dating apps are parasocial yeah. media. You're looking at pictures of people's faces. You're developing some kind of parasocial response to them before you ever talk to them. Before you ever know who they are, you're looking at a picture and a couple of lines in their bio and swiping one way or another. And I think that that 
parasocial engagement is simply how the world works now. The secondary piece of it is the real engagement, the real interaction. Right. I would, ch- I do, I, I do challenge that though. Like as far as, even though I'm accepting that that's the reality that we're living in, I think that a lot of, I think that you can look at it as, oh, this is it. And I just need to go with it. But I'm like, well, wait, pu- pump your brakes. Oh, and like, I think that there is a, a choice that you should make here. Like maybe is this a sign or is this a warning? Right. Because I even like tell my dating clients that, tinder bumble whatever app you're using that's not where you want to get comfortable like it's quite literally just an online hey meet sam that's literally it like you're not supposed to build your relationship there or not like the online dating app was just meant to help you connect to other available people versus you know stumbling and running to the person at the bar who may or may not be single right so um, sure so but in the the dating apps are at the very least, it's the initial point of contact now is all parasocial. Especially in COVID times, right? So like even like exactly. my organic dating stuff, where it's like, oh, I like in-person dating. Oh, not today, you don't. Welcome to online. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tinder. Well, here's the here's the like basic steps or whatnot. So I, I mean, I see your point, but I do, I think there's something, um, I, th- I hear, I'm hearing like a warning in that as well hmm. or whatnot, where it's kind of like, you like don't check out like what's the consequence of checking in because all of this is not you know it's real but it's not real to some degree like even like when you were talking earlier and you mentioned like oh these parents are like you know the people the people on tv are interacting with you again my mother's voice right or my grandmother's voice one of the elderly people or whatnot you know (laughs) in my head or whatnot going i remember hearing as a child like oh that's the tv it's not real like as a child, it was like reinforced, like what's on the TV isn't real or whatnot. So, um, and even with reality TV, like we learned to some degree that with the degree of production, because if you know the behind the scenes, so I've had friends that, you know, I had a friend that worked on Project Runway or that was on Project Runway and I've worked with him and he even came back and said, oh, they, they cut like X out. You didn't see sure. or whatnot, this or whatnot. So even to a degree that's fabricated you know, even though it's reality TV. So it's kind of like, don't get too comfortable, like with being, be comfortable inside now because we're in a pandemic. But as soon as we figure this ish out, not like <laughs> just get back out there and connect with the rest of the world. Cause I f- I'm hearing like this warning with that as well. Like it's a, a good thing but it, everything comes with its consequences. So I'm figuring, so I'm curious, like, have we thought about what the consequences to all of this is? Or are we just going with the flow? The consequences of, of social media and being plugged in constantly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the I think we're just in a stutter step right now where the technology isn't completely integrated with our brains yet. We still have to have a phone. There's still like this entry point, you know what I mean? Where we're not <laughs> operating in a hive mind yet yeah we are not a collective the, consciousness that's yet that's the word that makes me want- but that's like what twitter and instagram are basically the wheel to a ferrari that is yet to come and ultimately that ferrari is going to be you can just plug straight into collective consciousness every thought anyone has is being broadcast and you can feel the thoughts and think the thoughts if you want to if you want to swim around in that stream that has to be the end version of it I think. And right now we're still in just this clunky phase where it's like, well, I got to tap this and look at this picture and read what you wrote. And well, let me see if somebody liked it and all these fucking other pieces of it that are like very extraneous. But ultimately, 
that is what social media is moving towards a collective kind of consciousness where an idea can be submitted and we all say yes or no immediately. And that's what you see on Twitter. Ah. Here's something that happened. Do you support it or not? There's only two teams. The binary kind of pattern recognition that our brains operate on at all times is in full effect on social media. Yes, maybe there's a cost of kind of the old version of humanity, but I also think the old version of humanity is bad and I'm happy to go to humanity 2.0 as fast as fucking possible. Well, well, the rest of us are catching. When you get there, you let us and you send us a letter and you let us know what that, you know, is like. But to your first point, or as far as like your legacy and, and what you're going to leave too, mm-hmm. I think also with so like everybody has a platform. It used to be once upon a time you had to earn or maybe you were like specially selected for a platform. Now everybody has a platform that's kind of like, if you've taken any leadership classes, then you know that with the platform came responsibility you had to be taught certain things like, oh, it's not just about you anymore, right? So like to whom the heaviest head that wears the crown clues, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just something that I was thinking about who will inherit my strange memes with the fucking well, satanic Chris Harrison <laughs> dining on people's right. souls. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, this is... I don't know. Yeah, Shoya, have you ever seen Bachelor Clues' Instagram page? Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. So you know what's at stake here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to You're not claiming that you want him to pass it on to you, though. That's No, 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 no. I, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm very familiar with the heavy as the head that wears a crown thing, and I'm like, you know what? I like not being responsible. I even like remind some of my clients, like, "Hey, you're the ones got to live with these decisions." I'm just giving the advice, just FYI. Right. <laughs> what not like? Mm. Well, thank you, Shoya, once again for joining us. Yeah, this has been you. a fantastic session with you here in the pit. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna go tell my mama that she was right. Like, mom, you're right about the white people. I should have listened. <laughs> I know it's not all love. She was. Well, nonetheless, (laughs) thank you for braving the pit with us. And again, if anybody out there wants to make their relationships better, please go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. You'll get $50 off a session with one of their certified relationship coaches who is just like Shoya, who can deliver you that same advice and listen to you talk about the craziest shit on planet Earth with uh without running without running we may even run with you who knows exactly (laughs) well thank you once again shoya and we will talk to you next week take care well thank you shoya for joining us as always to hear our screams I mean, Clue's screaming up a storm about his legacy. I'm interested. I'm like, is this going to spawn like you making like a fake internet baby? That's going to be like Clue's baby. Oh, I think you've just given me a project. So thank you. (laughs) A legacy. that's, That's interesting. And thank you, as always, for sending in those tids. We love the tids. They keep us alive down in the pit. We dine on tids. There were so many tids this week. Tidbits. Tidbits, yeah. (laughs) I was just calling them tids. I was saving time. Yeah, thank you to everyone for sending these in. I mean, we had maybe 400,000 people send us that TikTok about uh, Josh Burrell. So very curious as to if that will play out. 
Thanks for the continued effort toward our goal of getting on clickbait. We love yeah. seeing all those positive reviews that people are leaving on Clickbait's iTunes channel. We love seeing all the positive comments they're leaving in Clickbait's Instagram feed. We are going to get on Clickbait. It is going to happen. We just have to be vigilant. This is just like when we tried to find dark seasons. Eventually, it fucking happened. Yeah. And this is going to happen too. The pit provides. And of course, thank you to everyone who has joined us in the deepest, darkest crevasses of the pit. By joining our Patreon. This is where we are putting out two extra episodes a month, doing one live video event per month, and I can't help myself. I've just been digging deep into the pit and finding nuggets, finding beautiful treasures that I share on Patreon and no place else. Strange videos that are twisted from the remnants of cameo <laughs> videos that people are sending us of people like Nick Vial, the goat. They wind up in the pit on our Patreon. And I have some other videos in store. We have some other interesting projects that we are working on that will be available on the Patreon very shortly. That's www.patreon.com slash Game of Roses. And before we go, as always, what is the dwab at? It has been 6,807 days without a Black Bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe? Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. 
That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.